This episode of Adventures in Aurelia is brought to you by Gabe and Jeff from Interparty Conflict, Chaikai, Fred on Fire, Avora Dawn, Dungeons and Ramness, and Mike K on Patreon. You can join them in supporting the show at patreon.com slash adventures in Aurelia. I'm Stephen John Drew from the official GunnaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. And welcome to Adventures in Aurelia, a podcast where five friends sit around the table and record themselves playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Damien, and I'm the Dungeon Master. I'm Krista, and I play as Ariel, an Asmar sorcerer. I'm Chris, and I play Rim, a human paladin. I'm Chantel, and I play Kanina, a tiefling sorceress. I'm Caitlin, I play Tempest, a water genasi ranger. Previously on Adventures in Aurelia's Aurelian Epic... Our heroes agreed to help the Dwarven Blackguard slay Grimfang, a leader of a band of gnolls that have been causing trouble on the Norgeld Road. After some tactical planning, the combined group ambushed the gnolls in their camp, wiping them out. They were able to retrieve Grimfang's spear, which could be felt to give off an extremely negative magical energy. Ariel, the Asmar sorceress, has taken it upon herself to safeguard the spear as they bring it back to the Guildhall in Riven. Our story continues as the party begins their journey along the Norgeld Road, back to the village of Steren. For the sake slightly of brevity tonight, we will pick up with the party and the Dwarven Blackguard having made their way to the road again, making their way from the woods where they fought Grimfang out back to the road. It'll be, let's say, 7 p.m.-ish on the 31st of Bellinus. So you're entering mid-evening. Um, Ariel is feeling a little bit uncomfortable because she had taken her cloak off in order to wrap up the spear. And she's used, that's like her comfort blanket. So Ariel is carrying the spear that Grimfang wielded with her on this journey back. Mm-hmm. So as you guys make your way to the road, kind of what what do you guys think is going through the party's head at this moment? You didn't have any issues on your way back. Yeah, I guess there's a big sense of relief that we've defeated this great foe and all of us are okay. You know, Kanina is very much uh, glad that we all made it out and that everyone is safe. And we've also, you know, helped protect this area now from a threat that was attacking the roads and travelers to and from. So Tempest is just impressed with everyone that we got out relatively unscathed because we were expecting people to die. But yeah, I suppose on our way back, you know, um, you said we had no troubles. You know, Kinina's still pretty much on alert. I think she's still very hyped up from the battle, especially now that she knows she's uh, used up majority of her, her spells. <laughs> so she's kind of a little bit still on edge, you know, keeping her and eyes who out. Who knows if we're going to run into 
like sc- more scouting parties on our way she's, back. She's still on alert for scouting parties because she knows that's what we've run into in the past, and we can't guarantee all the gnolls in the forest were at that one camp. Exactly, that they haven't gotten the memo yet. They're gonna come back to their camp and then just book it after I sent. <laughs> Possible. We don't know if there was scouting parties out when we were attacking the base. So let's pick up as the party sets up for camp that night. You guys had tied up the horses that you rode out um, somewhere. So kind of that would be the point that you guys are heading to as you leave the forest. So you guys make your way over to the horses. They are okay. They're alive. They're happy to see you guys since they've basically spent the last day tied up with some grass to eat and not really knowing what's going to happen to them after that. So let's bring it in as you guys approach these horses and start getting ready for some form of camp. Well, you know what Ariel's going to (laughs) do. She's going to pull out some carrots and make sure that those horses are happy. (laughs) I suppose Keenan will probably set up a fire, as is usual for her. (laughs) Tempest is going to stretch out next to that fire and promptly fall asleep. (laughs) And uh, Adriel is going to dig back into her pack one last time and uh, fish out a bottle that she has had wrapped up in there pop the cork off and uh, you know I said that uh, hopefully we would be finishing this tonight takes a swig and hands it off to Tempest and if she notices that Tempest is already kind of going to sleep nudge her with the bottle Tonight's for celebrating, don't you think? I suppose I could stay up for a bit longer. Tempest we did a great a thing today. Sleep. Yeah, it was a good job all around. Stokes flames a little higher. <laughs> uh, you know, the horses could probably take us back tonight, but I don't know about you guys, but I'm beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really tired. Yeah, I think we're all still kind of uh, worn out from that. <laughs> Both the journey and the attacks. <laughs> a lot of excitement. A lot of emotional uh, expenditure. The staff that uh, we found, how tall is it? Um, I mean, like, is it like a big walking cane? Is it, you're talking like Gandalf staff? Closer closer to Gandalf staff than uh, than walking cane. Rim's probably just kind of standing there, still holding it, but facing the, the forest and kind of just staring off into it. Adriel brings the bottle over to Rim. You know we killed him. What you looking at? Yeah. Got rid of this one. What about the next? Oh, you're worried about a next already, huh? Well, tends to be when you remove one threat, another threat finds its way in. Ah. Well, hopefully the gnolls won't be able to organize quite the same as they did this last time. And, uh, she she looks up at you. You turned it down before. You gonna take a drink tonight? The battle's over. And we'll look down and then he'll take the bottle and take a small swig and then hand it back. Well, if uh, if something else does show up, hopefully it won't be able to get such the foothold that it had last time. And if it does, well, I guess we know we have allies in the guild now. Just kind of pat you on the back of the, the quad. Like, <laughs> and enjoy staring into the woods. I'll leave you with your silence. And Adriel walks away. I think 
Uh, Ariel's gonna go over to Rem. What you looking at? Nothing. You did. You did good. I mean, this was your plan. You you are the one that created what we were supposed to do and all that. Uh, there was some luck and definitely had a lot of help from, from all of you. I'm just glad that uh, nobody got seriously hurt. Well, good job. Huh. I think it's thanks to you that we're all, you know, alive and stuff. We could have did a completely different plan and it could have failed but uh, what everybody everybody had a reason that we're we're all here yeah <sighs> but thank you mm. and then it got awkward so she's gonna walk away <laughs> and as this conversation was happening adriel was making her way over to kanina Kanina's probably crouched over by the fire. She probably also has a thoughtful look on her face, and she's just kind of stoking it with a stick, the campfire light just reflecting off her yellow eyes. Now, just just so I can visualize the situation, is this a thing where, like, Kanina's kind of lost in the fire, just absentmindedly poking away at it, or...? For the most part, yeah. Her, her thoughts are definitely kind of heavy, because she's not thinking exactly the same lines of, you know, Rem, like where another threat might pop up, but she's definitely thinking about the threats that are still out there in the world that they'll have to face in the future. Okay, so Adriel approaches. Um, we'll say that she's approaching from the side opposite Kanina, so she kind of sees sees this this like lost look in Kanina's face as she's just kind of poking at the fire, staring into it. And she uh, kind of stands in front of you, leans a little bit, and realizes that you're, you're kind of lost. She's like, what are you thinking about, Fire Girl? Oh, uh, well, I've always found comfort from the flame, so I was just stoking up the fire while I was pondering over the battles, <laughs> the battles we've uh, fought and the future battles that we might come across. Well, uh, you know, we did something great today. Uh, Tonight's a, a cause for celebration, so how about you get a little uh, fire in your belly? And she hands you the bottle that she's been carrying around to every member of the camp. Kanina will stand up and throw her stoking stick into the fire and be like, Yeah, you're right. That sounds like a great idea. She'll take the bottle, take a good old swig. I don't know how uh, how long we'll rest tonight, but I, I'm eager to be home after today. I just... I don't know that I could ride, ride as hard as we did getting out here back after everything that we've gone through. So it's, uh, we'll take a rest tonight, but before resting, we should, uh, we should, uh, think about what we just went through, you know, say our own prayers to, to those we pray to for the fact that we didn't lose anyone ourselves, you know, I came out with with my with my dwarves and you came out with with all your friends and that's really all that we could hope for given what we what we were setting out to do you know something that something that they didn't think could be done so and i I hazard to call it easily because some of us came a little close there but something that if they were willing to throw a throw a couple people out we would have been able to to handle on our own yeah, and I I thank you 
greatly for all of your help with this. It's just, we couldn't have done it without you, and I'm certain that you would have run into troubles, you know, if we hadn't been there to back you up as well. So it's definitely a, a joint effort on our part in taking down this threat that has uh, been in the area for you guys. So she'll grasp her hand and shake it and just be like, honestly, thank you for your help. I couldn't have, I couldn't have borne it if there, any of my companions were lost. And I, I imagine as you kind of grasp her hand, um, after a brief shake, her, her response is to then reach in further to do that that hearty forearm hand grab. Kanina's grip is probably a little stronger than she expects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're such a petite girl. And uh, you, you see her take another, another swig, and uh, she stands up from where you were, scans around again. And uh, sees Ariel walking back from her chat with Rem. And walks over to Ariel. Ah, so you went to go see what the, the moody one's up to too, huh? Yeah. He was just looking off in the distance. So I just wanted to make sure he's okay. He's worried. But I think that he's probably reliving something that he's dealt with with his own past. Hmm. But he doesn't know me and he doesn't want to talk about it. So I'm leaving things lie. He wants to reflect on his own for a little bit. That's that's his prerogative. Yeah, he's pretty quiet. We've been with him for a while and he doesn't really say much of his past at all. No, but I noticed him uh, when things get hairy and uh, when someone needs to step up and take charge. He'll do it. He'll, uh, he, he knows how to lead. And I'm sure you can rely on him for that going forward if, uh, if that's something that you need. Yep, I noticed that today. And I went and thanked him for it because his plan worked. We, we conquered. We did it. Yeah, and we lost far less than I thought we were going to lose given how things were when we, when we, when we saw what was going on and with what the what the planes have been dealing with for these last few months. Yeah, I'm glad we were able to take care of these guys for you, though. Tonight's a bit of a night for uh, for celebrating, and uh, you know, I I said when we when we got out here that I was hoping we would be keeping the rest of this to finish after we were done. It's your turn to take another drink. What was this again? Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, Dwarden. Okay. <laughs> and Ariel, take a sip. <laughs> and it's, it's a strong liquor. <laughs> uh, the way that I'm going to play this is regardless of what you did previously, Adriel doesn't remember specifically. <laughs> the only one that really stood out to her is Rem. So this, this, uh, liquor that she hands you, it's essentially kind of, I mean, it's, it's honestly probably closer to a vodka, even though I would want to say whiskey because they do tubers and potatoes and stuff, but it's got some real like hearty earth spices to it. So it like, it's much stronger tasting than her mead and oh, it yes. burns. <laughs> so she's going to like take a sip and, <coughs> and hand it back. <laughs> <laughs> that, 
It'll do it if uh, that's it'll do it to you if uh, if you're not used with it. That's why we call it Dwarden. I think I've only really been I've only really had honey juice, which they call it something else, but I know it is honey juice. Oh, you're probably thinking of meat, but if you want to call it honey juice and other people understand it, then that's that's your own your own thing. My friends do. <laughs> And that's that's all that matters. If you know you're with some friends and they know what you're trying to say, that's all that really matters at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, you know how he's feeling. How are you feeling after everything that that we've gone through today? Um. Honestly, a little bit awkward because. And like she like reaches back and touches the uh, spear that's she's still like holding with her backpack. And uh, with it being wrapped, I'm like, I usually am wearing my cloak, so I'm just feeling a little bit awkward. But besides that, I'm just really exhausted. Uh, well, I, I think you're right to be cautious around that thing. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but that's that's not normal. I just remember last time we got a weapon off of a, a bad dude. We weren't really supposed to touch it, so I'm just trying to make sure we're careful again. Last time is this the is this a regular thing for you people? People like hiring us. We do a good job, I guess. Hiring you? You guys are being paid? Well, hiring in a way like <laughs> asked for help. <laughs> I'm kidding, you know. We're going to we're going to split what we get and uh you know, whatever happens beyond that is up to you guys. But I'd I'd keep that thing under wraps if I were you and uh I think I was planning on taking it back to Riven and having the guild leaders look at it. That's probably a good idea. They're going to understand the magic a lot more than yeah. than anyone else that I could think of. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty good with Arcana, but not for this. Well, you have yourself a good night. And remember, we did a good thing today. Yeah, we did. And Adriel turns and... Heads back over to Tempest. You still awake over here? A bit. How are you feeling? I feel pretty damn good about this. We were... You know, really expecting the worst. And... We're all still here. So that's something to say. We ran into some of these fuckers when we got off the boat the first time on our way up here, and it was a wild ride. And uh, I wasn't sure if that was the type of adventure that they had been feeding me, but... Ah, so... Your... Your thing is you're after adventure, huh? Yeah, I saw a lot being on the water for so many years, and figured it was time to to seek out some adventure on land and that's what they call it right adventuring well is it the adventure that you are after I don't know just something different Nina seemed pretty keen on on dragging me along or uh, as she put it adventure well, how are you feeling like I said, I feel pretty good about this. We're all still here. 
they sure talked it up like uh, we were going to be losing quite a few people to this big scary guy. I think we could have. I think if it weren't for uh, weren't for someone being able to tell us uh, tell us how things were at camp, and uh, someone else who was able to help formulate a plan, and someone else who was able to create quite the opening uh, opening salvo, and someone else to make sure that we all stayed up on our feet. I don't know that we could have done it. Everybody definitely held their own, played their part. And damn, I'm glad I had my spyglass. I did not realize how rare they are out here when you're not on the water. You know, on a boat, everyone has one. Yeah, you know. uh... (laughs) (laughs) They are so handy. Does your boat know you took that away from them? I assumed it was mine. Everyone had one. Well, as you just said, those things are kind of rare off the boat. Not sure if they, uh, be too keen on you having that with you. But it seems like it came in handy, didn't it? I'd say so. Alright. I'll let you get some sleep now. And in, in the midst of all this going on, Kenia's probably, like, got up after she took her swig, and she's, like, going around congratulating all the other dwarves and patting them on the back, you know, handing out food. <laughs> Whatever jerky and rations. Some jerky? Know. Yeah. Rourke and Carwish like, Hey, fire girl! Hey! <laughs> Chest bump. Actually, I think that the, probably what they do is to go, Chest bump! And both of them get on either side of you oh and God. just bump to you. Yes. Can you be all for it, but she'd probably be half squished, like just. <laughs> Kanina's all for. She's she's a little bit more lively now that uh, Adriel talked to her and she's just like, yeah, celebration. And she's like, you were good out there. So are you. Couldn't have done it without you. Couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> Slap him on the back. <laughs> be all cheerful. They, and give you, they reach up and give you a pat on the back, but both of them together just kind of like, oh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, she's trying to help kind of lighten up the mood, make it a little more festive, as Adriel was saying, you know, since we did just beat a great foe and we need to celebrate a little bit while we can before we get back on the road in the long, grueling journey. <laughs> and and though Adriel has been pushing this whole thing of, uh, you know, being a cause for celebration and everything, you can tell as she goes and talks to everyone, and she doesn't just talk to the four of you, she talks to everyone else at camp. And... Though you can tell that the mood itself has lifted as as she goes around and talks to everyone, it's also clear that all of you, including the dwarves, are just absolutely exhausted. So while spirits are raised, energy is still pretty low. So a lot of it is people kind of hanging out around the fire and over probably the first hour or so of you guys being at camp, everyone kind of filters off into their own little areas, gets their their bedrolls made up, and you see them start kind of bedding down for the night, pretty much as the sun is going down. But Rim, at some point, after staring off into the void for a while, will uh, wander over and sit down where the, he can get some firelight, and he'll kind of write in his um, journal about what happened. So... For the sake of brevity, we'll go ahead and say that that 
throughout the night watches are kind of established um based on the way everyone filtered out it was more of a uh everyone kind of paying loose attention and just waking up like the next person over to them but nothing eventful happens through the night long rest confer yes you guys can all count yourselves as having taken a long rest if you need to do so so in the morning can I try to identify the staff again using arcana alrighty so I rolled a 22 well here's the interesting thing When it comes to identifying magic items, technically, the two ways that you identify a magic item are with the identify spell, or by spending a short rest, spending time with the item. Now, I will say, to give a little bit of a compromise and to give a bonus to uh, actually having Arcana and rolling well with it, I'll say that with a 22, I believe that passes like a hard check, and I'll knock off basically 15 minutes per difficulty tier, so you're going to get that done and about 15 minutes of studying the item. Okay. It's not going to allow you to attune to it. I'm still going to make that be the the short, the full short rest. But as far as discovering the properties of the item, I will give it to you. The item is a staff of power. Staff, very rare, requires attunement by sorcerer, warlock, or wizard. The staff can be wielded as a magical quarterstaff that grants a plus two bonus to attack and damage rolls made with it. While holding it, you gain a plus two bonus to armor class saving throws and spell attack rolls. The staff has 20 charges for the following properties. The staff regains 2d8 plus four expended charges daily at dawn. If you expend the last charge, roll a d20. On a 1, the staff retains its plus 2 bonus to attack and damage rolls, but loses all other properties. On a 20, the staff regains 1d8 plus 2 charges. Properties. Power Strike. When you hit with the melee attack using the staff, you can expend 1 charge to deal an extra 1d6 force damage to the target. Spells. While holding this staff, you can use an action to expend 1 or more of its charges to cast one of the following spells from it using your spell save DC in the spell attack bonus. Cone of Cold takes 5 charges. Fireball, 5th level, takes 5 charges. Globe of Invulnerability, 6 charges. Hold Monster, 5 charges. Levitate, 2 charges. Lightning Bolt at 5th level, 5 charges. Magic Missile, 1 charge. Ray of Enfeeblement, 1 charge. Wall of Force, 5 charges. Retributive Strike. You can use an action to break the staff over your knee or against the solid surface performing a Retributive Strike. The staff is destroyed and releases its remaining magic in an explosion that expands to fill a 30-foot radius sphere centered on it. You have a 50% chance to instantly travel to a random plane of existence, avoiding the explosion. If you fail to avoid the effect, you take force damage equal to 16 times the number of charges in the staff. Every other creature in the area must make a DC 17 dexterity saving throw. On a failed save, a creature takes an amount of damage based on how far away it is from the point of origin, as shown in the following table. On a successful save, the creature takes half as much damage. So basically, it's eight times, six times, and four times, depending on how far away. So that is why when you cast Detect Magic on it, all the things. So I will say that if... Rem wishes to hang on to it for now. You can go ahead and add it to your character sheet and decide who you're going to give it to later, unless you already have something in mind for it. That is what you have. What is what is what is Rem right now? 
Rim is, as he kind of discovers this and, and understands what it is, is extremely shocked that it was found, first of all. And then he's he's wondering if it if he should actually let anybody know what it is or if he needs to, like, you know, say, oh, it's nothing really and, like, get rid of it because it's just so powerful. So he's, he's going to sit on it for a minute as he thinks. Okay. Go ahead and add the staff of power to your character sheet. As the stats stated, you can't attune to it. Yeah, it's it's like going in my backpack. Yeah, I'm just making it clear that while Rem is remaining in possession, he cannot attune to it. Is it putting too much in, in Rem's actions to say that he probably separated himself a little bit? Or do you, did you just pull this out right in the middle of camp? No, like, I'm, I'm sure when he got up in the morning, he kind of walked away and sat down to, to study it. And he was trying to keep himself free of distractions. Okay, so while Rem is doing this, um, would anyone else like to do anything with their early morning? Kenina would probably be up early as per usual, and she would go over to wake up Ariel for their usual morning routine. She's just like, gotta keep up with it. <laughs> and so shake Ariel awake and then go do her exercises. She'll notice, you know, Rem off to the side, because I imagine they got off, you know, more, more or less same time. So... She'll wave good morning to him, and but do her orc exercises. She knows Rem likes his alone time. <laughs> Don't forget to stretch first. Warm up your body. Oh, right. And I imagine, as is um, kind of typical at this point, Tempest sleeps until the absolute last moment. Yes. While camp is uh, waking up and starting to break down, I imagine that there's actually no cooking of food today, unless... The party wishes to hold things up, and instead it's more of a passing jerky out. Jerky for of, breakfast, boys. <laughs> yeah. More of a passing out of jerky, water skins, hardtack, biscuits, bread. A, a road breakfast. And, uh, well, how, how long would Ariel and Kanina's workout be? Um, I think I've made it like an hour before, but, you know, we're also doing it very early in the morning. So maybe, you know, when everybody else starts getting up, getting, getting stuff packed up, they'll, they'll stop to go help. So probably more like a half hour. Yeah, I guess so. Like I said, it's usually about when the sun is coming up or a little before it was when we start. So it depends on how early everybody else gets up. These are these guy are, guys are from the Black Arts, so they probably get up early, I'm guessing. Adriel would be making her way around camp, and uh, she sees Rem come back holding the staff that he's been studying, looks over at him and is like, did you find out anything interesting? Uh, it's, uh, it's a magic staff for plus one. Okay. I just, you know, magic's not really my thing. I just wanted to to let, to let you know that we're going to be getting ready to go here soon. So uh, pack up what you need. Uh, if, if you need any rations or anything, we've got plenty that we can uh, share. We're just going to, we're going to be hitting, hitting the road early back to Staren. All right. Thank you. He'll go to his pack and tie the staff into his bag. And uh, you see Adriel is kind of, Looks over at the at uh, Kanina and Ariel working out, and then turns over to Tempest and goes and nudges Tempest with her boot. Mm. Hey, uh, hey, sleepyhead. Mm. Did you drink too much last night? No, I'm just not really a morning person. Ah, I kind of got that impression the other day too. Uh, well, we're getting ready to go now, so why don't you you get up, find some some jerky, go. Uh, Go get some water, some bread or biscuits or whatever to, you know, if you need any rations to 
fill your belly this morning. One, two, one, <laughs> one. Two. All right, I'm up. I'm Rin up. Looks I swear. Over at Nina, straighten your back. Yes, sir. <laughs> and then Ariel also straightens her back. <laughs> I imagine Ariel's probably a little stiffer than usual too, because you don't have your cloak or anything, so you're probably feeling a little exposed. <laughs> And then Adriel makes her way over to the to kind of the edge of camp where you guys are working out 30, 50 feet away, whatever. And it's like, you two about done yet? Yep. As long as everybody's up and we can start heading out. So, Yep. We're getting the horses ready. Uh, people are eating, uh, eating and drinking whatever they need for their fill. And uh, I think we're going to we're going to try and ride hard just like we did to get out here. The, the horses have had a, a full day to rest, so we're gonna we're gonna ride hard back to Starin and try and get there again all in one day. Oh, sounds good. Yeah, sounds like a plan. And you know, hardtack may be a little bland, but I have some excellent spices you could just sprinkle a little on top. <laughs> ah, that's uh, I, I've already had breakfast today, but you know, maybe later we'll talk about that. And uh, for the listeners and the players, as morning has come around, we are officially in the first of Mananan. And we smash cut. You guys arriving at the village of Starin in the early evening. And the sound of horses fill the village as the hooves ride inside of the wall. And the sound has drawn out quite a few of the people. I mean, this is a very small village. And you you have some familiar faces here. Ulal's uh, smithy is literally right inside of the gates. The uh, inn that Amalo runs is right inside the gates on the other side. And then... The next building in is uh, the Blackguard offices in the village of Starin. So uh, y- you notice that Ulal kind of stops what he was doing at the forge, and uh, Ulian starts walking out from the Blackguard office to greet you guys as Adriel leads the line of horses directly over to the front of the Blackguard. The party dismounts. Yeah, so Kanina will probably be excited uh, seeing Ulal, you know, upon entry. And uh, is he actually out there or? He, he's out, he was out there hammering away at the forge. And as you guys rode in and rode past him, he recognized who was here. And um, as the horses all kind of circle up in front of the Blackguard office, you see Ulian. Uh, take the piece of work he was working on, put it back in the forge, and kind of tuck the hammer into like a, a loop in his uh, blacksmith's apron and uh, start kind of walking, not really in your direction, but you see him stand out out of the cover in front of his forge, kind of fists balled up on his hips, and he's kind of looking in your guys' direction. Kanina seeing Ulal will dismount and she'll just be like run over to him waving the sword and just be like Mr. Ulal, Mr. Ulal I uh, I see you brought the sword back We did, we killed Grimfang You did We did, and I made sure to use the sword You did Yeah, we kept our promise I uh, I appreciate that part of it Do you remember the other half of the promise? Yes 
No. <laughs> uh, you know the part where uh, when you tell people what you did, I made the sword. Oh, of course, yes. We're going to spread your name because, of course, we couldn't have done it without you and your masterwork here. So it, it did good for you. It did really good. I'm glad. That means that, uh, as, as far as I'm concerned, the bargain is met. The sword is yours. Thank you. I really appreciate it. We'll be sure to do good deeds with this in the future. And Grimfang will just be the, the first in a long line of enemies this sword will defeat. That's, you know, as, as much as I wish there weren't enemies to slay in the world, that is what I made it for, and that's exactly what I'd like to see happen. Yes, well, it's in good hands. And I promise I'm not much of a sword user, but I'll train well with it. And if not, then we definitely have party members who are adept at using it that we can we can definitely use for the cause of good. And uh, you you see him extend out a, a hand to you. You know, well, you know, shuffle the sword under her arm and <laughs> stick out her hand. Kind of go for that. And he does. He he reaches in deeper for for a, a nice forearm grasp. Um, you've, you've probably kind of gathered at this point that, that this is a sign of respect from from the dwarves when they go for, for an arm grab instead of just a handshake. I, uh, I appreciate what you've done and what you're going to do for me. You know, they, they only see me as a toolsmith here. And I'd like to be something more. And I'm hoping that this is the first step in that direction. So I thank you for that. Yes, I'll be sure to spread your name, Ulal Hammerfell. Hammerfall, but Fall, yes. close yeah. enough. <laughs> when I'm Hammerfell, they'll be putting me in the ground. <laughs> nice one. But yeah, so she'll go for the arm grab, and then having promised uh, Ulal that she'll spread the name of his master craftsmanship, uh, she'll also note, you know, what Rem said about the sword being magical, and she'll uh, question him and just be like, well, uh, during the battle, we couldn't help but notice uh, that the sword seems to have some magic properties. Uh, did you put anything special in it? I'm no mage. Hmm. So if, uh, if that thing's magical, I don't understand why. Well, uh, did you th- put anything unusual in it that you wouldn't have put in a normal sword? Like, what is it made out of, exactly? Uh, I mean, it's it's made out of a high-quality steel straight out of Sterengeld, but nothing that I did do it is uh, different than what I would do for a, a very high-quality hammer or pick that I would make as a tool for someone around the village. If that thing is magical, then something, something out of my hands must have happened with it. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Well, uh... What, what makes you think it's magical? Um, my, uh, friend Rem over there noticed that it had some magical properties. He didn't say much about it. He just told me that he noticed it, uh, had some magic. With that, uh, Ulal actually starts walking past you and walks over in Rem's direction. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Rem... Hmm. You have this this old dwarf, uh, white hair, pretty pretty bald. You see, he has a his beard's tucked underneath a, a leather apron, and you see a blacksmith's hammer 
it kind of in one of the the belt loops at the bottom of it, and he he approaches you. He's like, "Are you Rem?" I am. What can you tell me about the sword? Sword. Your oh, friend the... over there told me that uh, you told her it's magic. Uh-huh. It has a magical aura emanating from it. Yes. When did this happen? Well, I noticed it when I was investigating for other magic items. Whether or not it was there when you gave it to her or after, I couldn't tell you. If it was, I had no part in it, intentionally at least. Interesting. Now, what what did Kanina do as Ulal started walking over to Rem? She probably just trotted after him. <laughs> so he looks he looks back over to you. How about uh, how about we keep that between us right now? I don't know what happened, and I don't know why. And as much as I'd like to make a name for myself, I'm not ready to make a name for myself making magical swords that I don't know how the fuck they're magical. Hmm. Well, ah, that's understandable, I suppose. I'll keep it under wraps, and I'll do some uh, some of my own checks here in the future. I know a little bit about magic, so. If you find anything. You know where I'm at. Send a letter or something. Sure, will do. As as he walks away, Rim's gonna cast Detect Magic and kind of look at him, see if maybe there's something that he's not saying. Only magic that that Rem sees: the sword that Kina has, the the spear that Ariel has, the staff that you're carrying, all of the previous items that uh, that you had gotten. From the king in Sterengeld. Not the guy's hammer. How, how far away is the forge? Nothing off of Ulal himself. Um, the way that I'm thinking of it, the forge would be 100, 150 okay, feet away. It's too far. Kanina's kind of speculating to herself. Well, maybe it was just, you know, the power of his resolve and imbued it with magical properties. Who knows? Some things, sometimes miracles like that happen. Since Remory has his vision up and he's looking at the sword again, he'll look at Nina and be like, looks like it's the school of evocation. That's good to know. I'll double check on it and see if I can find out anything else about it as well. So, you know, I imagine that um, while this is going on, uh, Ulian and Adriel have actually been having a conversation over on like the other side of this, this circle grouping of people. And, uh, you know, as, as you guys finish up with talking with Ulal, You'll see the two of them having a conversation 20 feet off in the other direction. Rem will walk over. And uh, as Rem approaches, uh, Ulian looks over at at Rem. So you guys came back. You finished the mission. Uh, Adriel was telling me as much. I think that your roads will be safe for now. But... Beware the power vacuum. Usually when something like this disappears, something else scrabbles its way from the darkness to fill the slot. I'm uh, I'm hoping that the gnolls aren't smart enough to have a power vacuum create and that you guys will have killed off enough of them that mm. there's not enough left to create it's any It's not sort the gnolls, it could be just anything else. Goblins, oh, yeah. bandits rabid wolves. That's the kind of thing we would deal with any other time, isn't it? As was stated, these gnolls banding together 
is unheard of, unnormal. Based on what Adriel was telling me about what you guys saw up close in person, Rimfang was a creature worth the legends that have been told about him. You know, we talked about him like almost in a mythical sense. Something not real, something we'd tell the children so that they'd be scared. Even though we knew something was going on with the gnolls, but with what Adriel described, something not right with him and the way he crumbled to dust as he was slain. There was something wrong with that creature. I don't disagree. Well, uh, why don't we get everyone together and wish him a job well done? Besides, he leans in a little closer to Rem. I believe we have some things to work out. Yes. Nina, gather everyone. Okie dokie. So Nina will go around (laughs) and gather people, but she's probably, like, talking in her loud volume as per usual, so people who she doesn't actually speak to personally will probably know enough to (laughs) gather as Nina goes to talk to Ariel and Tempest, Adriel's also going around to, to the dwarves that she's been leading, and you see her start delegating them to do things like take care of the horses, a couple of them to gather up the armor and so that it can be given a once-over and everything. And Adriel leads you with the rest of your party inside the office of the Black Guard, and Rem has been in here before, and there's like this big map table that makes up a large portion of like the front room. And Adriel directs one of the dwarves that's with with her. You would have known him as Frederick throughout the time that you guys have spent. And he starts laying out the bags that have uh, that had all the coins that you guys collected, the gemstones. And uh, Adriel and Ulian start opening him up and spreading things out to, to count out everything. So, the way that I see things here, there's two different ways that we could go about this. Either we can split things up with uh, each person getting their own fair share, or we can split things down the middle the Blackguard will have their half, and you guys will have your half to do with what you want. Now, seeing as splitting things up completely evenly is uh, going to benefit us a little bit more, and splitting things down the middle is going to benefit you guys a little bit more, I figured I'd leave the call up to you. Well, um, I feel like splitting things down the middle might be a little bit more... Uh simpler and then we are a party after all so it'd be our party funds unless everybody wants to figure out exactly how much they each want I agree and the fact that you basically were hiring us to help you you'd want to divide it evenly you could have done this yourself I will say unless anybody else in the group has a pause that I don't need gems I'd rather take their value so if you want to take the gems and give us an equal value in the sum of coin. Oh, well, uh, that's a good idea, Rem. Perhaps I'd be fine with that, because I think splitting it down in half, but giving us uh, the coin's worth instead of the actual gems would be a better value to us as adventurers and travelers, so we'd have the ability to spend it as as we need. And you and yours could take them to Sterengeld and to the jewelry district to sell the gems, possibly actually even at a profit. 
I I can uh, I can agree on that if your party's okay with that. We we have the coffers to to do the exchange ourselves and handle selling the gems up in Sterengeld. Probably have an easier time doing it than you guys would. Yeah. Oh, sounds like a plan. Any problem with that tempest? Would you like to keep a gem? This whole money thing is over my head. Me too. Whatever you <laughs> think is best. So, splitting down the middle, just so that it can be in this episode how the party gets their loot. Splitting the treasure down the middle, the party is going to take eight gems worth 100 gold each, 300 copper, 3,500 silver, 650 gold pieces, and 40 platinum. Actually, since you're not getting the gem, so um, another 800 gold. So for anyone that's ever complained about money, y'all just got like 1,300 gold each. Yeah, 10 platinum, 962 gold, 880 silver, 75 copper. And I will say, um, Adriel and the party help split things out evenly because of the whole change with the gold to the gems. I think there's actually enough in there that they just take all the gems and straight split the gold out to cover it without having to do anything extra there. And anyone that that is uh, paying any attention to him would notice that Ulian actually goes over to his desk and uh, sits down to start writing. And by the time you guys have all not only split things up between the two sets of parties, but then divided it amongst yourself, Ulian has come back to you guys with a fairly decent sized sack, as well as two sealed pieces of parchment. Ulian uh, kind of walks over to Rem because as you know, in fairness, Rem is who Ulian has been working with. And uh, he hands Rem a fairly weighty sack. Um, you know, I, I said there was a reward in it beyond what you guys found out there. Hmm. Just, you know, in, in case you didn't find anything to make it worth it for you. Here's 500 gold. But aside from the sack of coins, um, Ulian also hands Rem two envelopes. With, for the first one, he, he hands out to you. Uh, you know where you, you, I, I know a little bit about the issues you guys have been having with the cart and the horses. Um, when you take it back in uh, Port Norsal, give this to the people at the office there. Those horses in the cart are yours now. Do we have to put them on the boat? Yeah. There goes all of uh, Ariel's money. Re- really? Pr- Princess is, is ours? I'm, uh, I'm squaring things away with uh, the Fair and Travel Company. Rim will take that envelope and I just hand it to Ariel. So we don't have to deal with Malin anymore? Well, I mean... Well, you're going to have to deal with her to, to leave, but... It's okay. I- I'll talk to her. But we <laughs> own her now? <laughs> no, no. We own the horse. I the can't cart. give you a person. <laughs> we really appreciate it. But I, I, you know, I've, I've witnessed some of the trouble that you guys have been having, and it seems like you guys are a little attached to these specifically. And if you're going to be traveling around, can't be having you rent something every time you get to another place. You guys, 
No name needs a name now. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the second letter he, he holds out. And this one's just for your guild leaders. Let's them know that uh, essentially it's me signing off on the work that you guys did. A certified letter, if you will, that Ulian of the Black Guard has certified the work that you guys are doing. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I'm sure we'll make sure to get them in touch with you in case there's a future need of adventurers. And I appreciate having this... Uh, Reformed allyship with the with the Adventurers Guild. Perhaps they can open a branch out here. We can see about things. Port Norsal is a very large city. Maybe it's in need of its own guild hall. After giving uh, giving Rem the, these letters, Ulian's going to hold out an arm to Rem. Rem will tuck the, the second letter away, and then he'll reach out and grasp. It's been it's been a pleasure working with you, Rem. Hi. Yeah. It'll it has been an uh, unexpected pleasure to deal with a man of uh, your stature. And uh Adriel has good things to say about you too. Um and then after they after he he lets go, he moves over to Kanina. Holds out a hand. Kanina will perk up and <laughs> she'll. Is is it the arm? Is it the arm thing or is it the hand? It's the arm thing. Okay, yeah, she'll go for the full arm and you know vigorously do the whole grasp. I haven't been working with you, but I appreciate what you've done for this this region. Yes, and we appreciate all the help you've offered in helping us protect this area. Couldn't have done it without the assistance of the Blackguard. And the Blackguard feels appreciated. Thank you. Well, if you have need of the Adventurers Guild anytime, you know who to get in contact with. And Ulian walks over to Tempest, holds out an arm. She grasps his firmly. Why are you wet? (laughs) (laughs) You've never met a Genasi before, have you? Not one of your kind. It's just kind of always like that. I appreciate the work. That you've done. Thank you for helping my area. Oh, this isn't where I expected I would be when I stepped off the boat, but... Did they not tell you where you were going? Not really. (laughs) We're going somewhere to talk to somebody about a bracelet, and there might be dragons. Um, But I was promised adventure. Did it feel like adventure? my first experience, so we'll go with yes. Then it sounds like they delivered on their promise to you too. He gives a shake and moves over to Ariel. And Ariel remembers the proper elegant handshake that she had with the druid in the woods and holds out her hand daintily. <laughs> <laughs> Ulian, who like had had his arm like he was he was curving out with it, got to about the halfway point and you stuck your fingers just kind of kind of out for him. I see I'm dealing with a lady <laughs> and he just reaches up and between his thumb and, and forefinger, 
gently grabs the the tip of your fingers and and gives you a kiss along the knuckles. And then she's very startled about that. (laughs) Wait. Isn't... At this point, she's like Ooh, looking Lian at everybody, to... like, "What just happened here?" And Lian's blushing too. They're both just kind of like, "Did I do wrong?" Rumi's gonna look at Nina and be like, "Your pupil." And you know, with with flushed cheeks, Lian just kind of chuckles, like, "Well, uh, I I thank you for the work that you did. Thank you. You've helped this region out greatly." Uh, thank you for clearing up the thing with the horses, too. And then she looks over at Nina. Like, what do I do now? As the the bit of awkwardness <laughs> between Ulian and Ariel builds up, Ulian, it's kind of like, I've said my thank yous. He, he just kind of scoots out to the back and circles around the back of the group and heads back over to his desk. And we'll say that the party at this point collects all of your earnings. What, what would you guys like to do next? Um, you said it was evening that we arrived, right? It is. Well, as we're just walking out and Ulian's not there and it's just us, Ariel's going to be like, what did I do wrong? Oh, uh, nothing. I think it was just that. <laughs> Why did he kiss my hand? Well, that's one way to greet each other. Okay. Or, you know, uh, conform a deal. It's just normally, uh, I think doors prefer a more hearty greeting. <laughs> Next whole. time we're in a major town and near a library, perhaps you should look up a book on etiquette. What? Tempest just laughs. She's like, he thought you were a lady. <laughs> 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 okay. I'll, I'll write that down in my journal to do that. Well, it is evening, so we'll probably not be heading out unless we want to... I don't know if the trading company's still open, but we should probably get some rooms at the inn and leave first thing in the morning. Okay, maybe we should head over to Maylin and just let her know that we will be leaving first thing in the morning, so that way we can have the horses ready to go. And also clear things up, too, if he hasn't done that already with the letter. And then also, uh, I mean, does it look closed? Would they still be open around this time of night? That's the kind of thing. I mean, you're dealing with a small village and the sun's not down yet. So at least in my head canon, everything's kind of in a nebulous state of open as long as people are there. And they just kind of transition back and forth as needed. But uh, yeah, I'll let you uh, handle the meeting with uh, Malin if you'd like, Ariel. And I'll go see about getting us some rooms. Sure. Uh, so Ariel's going to walk over to Malin's uh, office and knock on the door. The door opens up after, you know, a little less than a minute. Oh, for fuck's sake. What can I do for you today? I just want... You see a pained smile. <laughs> And she, Ariel's smiling and she's like, I just wanted to let you know we're going to be leaving in the morning. Okay, I will make sure that the cart and horses are ready for you guys to leave in the morning. I believe we squared away everything last time. Yep. I just wanted to give you a heads up because you had requested that before. So 
I appreciate the warning. It's better than being woken up early because now I can tell them that they need to do it in the morning and I don't have to wake up. Exactly. You have a good night. Is there anything else you need from me? No, I believe we squared everything away the last time that you guys were departing and things should be all ready for you to go in the morning. You have a wonderful night. You too. So after that, Ariel's going to head over to Lyft's rest because she knows Nina is getting rooms for them. And on Nina's side of things, she'll go ahead and walk into the tavern and just be like, Hello, Mr. Amelo. We're back again. Oh, my favorite customers. <laughs> yeah, we like to... I shouldn't have favorite customers. What are you doing back? Well, uh, we had some tasks that we had to complete, and uh, we saved the area. We slew Grimfang. You did. I, You know, there's already rumors going around the village. I already heard that. Yeah, well, I suppose uh, news spreads like wildfire in a small village like this. <laughs> yeah, there's only like 25 people here. <laughs> and so far, you've talked to over 20% of us today. <laughs> Well, uh, are you going to be doing another, uh, you know, first round's on me tonight. Hey, thank you. Be you great. know what? Uh, you've been good to me. You, your rooms are free tonight, too. Wow, that's so awesome. Now that we're back in town and we're all settled in, we can celebrate a bit and bid our farewells and we'll head off in the morning back to our guild. Yeah, no, that's, you know, what you've done is actually going to be good for me, too. When people can travel the roads more safely... More people are going to come in. More people are going to come get rooms. They're going to buy more ale. Yeah, that's that's true. Lots of more traffic will be headed your way for sure. <laughs> and, you know, I, I got to say, I'm also happy that there's not going to be so many people dying on the roads, too. Can't ignore that that's also an important part of things. So uh, where's the rest of you? Oh, uh... Ariel went to go tell uh, Malin that we are going to be leaving in the morning, so I'm sure she's just letting her know that our wagon and horses need to be hitched up. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm assuming the rest of you guys traveled in with me. Yeah, and I, I, in. Yeah. Oh, there you are! I almost <laughs> didn't see you there! You're so quiet! <laughs> oh, did you hear that, guys? We should uh, let loose a little bit tonight, have some, have some drinks, some whoa, food. Whoa, 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 whoa. Said the first round's covered. Oh, You're the buying the rest of them, though. No, no, I understand that. We'll be sure to buy some food and some drinks. And Just need to make sure that's clear up front before you guys <laughs> let loose a little too much. You know, because then you let loose, and then you guys get drunk, and you pass out, and then I have to drag you into your rooms, and then I still didn't get paid for the fact that you guys drank most of my alcohol. I've never dealt with this before. Nope. <laughs> As this has been going on, Amalo is filling up mugs of ale for all of you and a little glass of honey juice. <laughs> he will slap down enough payment for, you know, food for us and then uh, the next round of drinks because she she wants to liven up a little bit and have fun with everybody for our last night in Staring. All right, let's get meta here for a second. How many how many gold of a party is Kanina throwing right now? <laughs> well, we all know that I'm very bad at that translation. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I'll, I'll go with, with, I think your standard meals have been like pretty much a gold each. So five gold is going to be, you know, your fairly standard, a couple drinks and a meal. 
10 gold while the meal's already covered. So at that point, you're looking at like the equivalent of probably $60 on drinks in, in the real world kind of deal each. So, uh, and you know, it, it only goes up kind of exponentially from there. Like we're probably getting to the point that 25 gold is probably buying what he has. <laughs> uh, yeah, she'll, she'll basically just want us to get some some nice warm food in our belly because we've been, you know, surviving off of rations and hardtack for a little bit. And then, I mean, just only been a couple days, but, you know, back from a long journey and a long fight. So uh, probably just slide, yeah, 10 gold over, cover the meal and enough for a couple rounds of drinks, maybe enough mead for her to have a couple. <laughs> So I got to clarify something before before I kind of let let everything loose. Mm-hmm. How private is this party? Is it just kind of you guys in your own? Are you buying drinks for anyone else that comes in looking for them? Um, it's fine either way. You sure, know. why not? Tempest slaps down into platinum. Can you just like, yeah, anyone's welcome to join. And Chantel's thinking like, oh God, these are dwarves. They're going to drink us out of our money. <laughs> so, you know, if... Tempest is throwing another platinum down and saying that pretty much anyone drinks for free tonight. You're 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 treating him very well. But yeah, so we're 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 planning to have small small little affair of a party. You know, we're not keeping it just to ourselves, but anyone's welcome to hop in if they so please. <laughs> so at this point, you guys have put enough money down that you guys are all able to drink and eat your fill. Um, throughout the night, the the story has gone around through the village. So basically all the villagers want to at least come in and kind of say their thanks, see what the... Uh, essentially, Starin is seeing you guys as heroes at this point. So they want to <laughs> see what the heroes who took care of literally the most dangerous problem that they've had in years look like and who they are and meet them so that... You know, in 10 years when they're talking to their their grandkids or their children, they can be like, I met the heroes that killed Grimfang. And I'm sure Kanina is absolutely elated about all this attention and this whole hero of the village status. And so she's very much uh, like she'll, you know, especially after she has a few drinks, she'll be just like getting up on one knee and like being like, yeah, this is like this is how I attacked him with this sword and like shows how she swung it, like not at anybody. But, you know, maybe not thinking exactly clear. You shouldn't be swinging the sword inside, that kind of thing. Ariel's um, actually probably the complete opposite when she's drinking her uh, honey juice than what you guys normally see her. She's just really only sipping on it and she's trying to purposely stay sober and keep track of the uh, spear that's wrapped up because she's paranoid about anybody lifting it off of her or touching it. So she's purposely just trying to be careful and responsible about it. As Kanina was like going over the story and and, and this is how I swung the sword, you actually hear, uh, you know, you're supposed to swing with the the blady part, right? I mean, this seemed pretty effective when I. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you see that Lydia is is standing behind you with a mug of ale in her hand. So you did it. You really did it. Yeah, we slew Grimfang. You know when I, uh, I, when when I. 
put the idea out there for you guys. Obviously, I wanted it to happen, but I didn't think it would. Yeah, well, we certainly have, couldn't have done it without the assistance of the Blackguard, and and I'm sure just, like, the efforts of our party, you know, it, we managed to make it. You know, I don't remember the last time I saw the village like this. She's looking around like, there's a dozen or so dwarves milling about. Oh, Tempest is in a corner leading them in drinking songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, how'd it go? I mean, obviously you, you were successful. I, I, she kind of cranes. I see y'all made it back. Uh, I didn't hear anything bad happening with the Blackguard that went with you. So obviously things went well, but how'd it go? Well, we did this whole uh, flanking maneuver. We circled the camp that we found, uh, thanks to uh, Tempest's excellent tracking skills. And we basically uh, split into different groups of three and circled the camp, took out all the small fry first, and we all got together and managed to kill off Grimfang. He was quite the big guy, and he had a warg with him, too. <laughs> and so that was quite the challenging battle. There was definitely a couple close calls there, but... You know, managed to managed to do it. That sounds like quite the experience. Uh, something that, that not your everyday person gets to gets to go through. I'm uh, I, I'm happy with what you were able to do for us. I just I wanted to to come by and personally give you my thanks. I'm sure Ulian already kind of kind of went over all this with you, but that Staren is my village, so. You know, the safety of, of the people of my village and also the the surrounding area, like, uh, like you know, what you had to go through with, with bringing Eldith around. It's nice that I'm not going to have to hold people back anymore. And uh, as, assuming things are safe, like, I, I don't foresee any, any further problems, but I guess we should still be a little cautious just in case something comes up. Yeah, there's always the normal dangers of traveling on the roads, but I feel like we've taken care of the the biggest problem that you had, so it should definitely be a little bit safer. And then, you know, in the future, if you ever do need some more adventurers, you know who to call and can contact with. And we're just doing our part as adventurers to help uh, rid the world of evil. And after kind of having having her moment with Kanina, uh, Lydia moves over to find Ariel next. Are you doing okay? Oh, yeah. You seem, uh, given all the festivities going on, you seem kind of beside yourself tonight. Um, I'm... I'm good. You don't sound good. Just a lot has happened, and, uh, I'm just trying to be responsible. I see. Yeah. Uh, people do celebrate in their own ways. I, I see your friend over there. She celebrates by uh, by telling stories. She kind of gestures over at Kanina. Kanina's doing another demonstration. <laughs> and then she uh, she kind of points over in Tempest's direction. And, well, I don't think she stopped singing since I got in here. Yeah, it's actually kind of interesting to see, you know, Tempest react to this because... You know, it's our first like real big mission with her and I'm glad that she's not scared and wanting to go back to her boat. Maybe she'll stick around with us. And uh, Lydia kind of 
gestures over in Rem's direction, who I guess is probably sitting at a corner table, faced out towards everyone. And him, well, uh, I guess he's doing exactly what I was expecting him to to be doing. <laughs> kind of moody yeah. that way. But you, you, you're different. You're surprising me here. Yeah, I usually drink a little more, I guess, of the honey juice since I've discovered how good it tastes. But, you know, I've, I've got some things I don't want lost and I don't want to be respons- irresponsible and forget about them. So just trying to take it slow tonight. I can, uh, I can understand that, you know. Uh, like I said, everyone celebrates in their own way and you did go through something something quite big and I mean, it, it might not be the way that most people think of trauma but uh, you know, it, it probably was traumatic so if you need some time to process what happened I, I understand it yeah I I got hurt pretty bad I mean Rem healed me up but for there for a while I was pretty scared so I'm just kind of you know processing this whole thing you pulled through, though, and it seems like some of that's to do with the the people you surround yourself with. Yeah, we've got a good a good group here. I'd, uh, you know, I guess you're all part of the same guild, so I imagine they're not really going anywhere. But you know, you know what they say: keep those keep those close to you that that are important. Yeah, I mean. Nina's becoming a pretty good friend and mentor, and I'm learning that Rem is was pretty outstanding as far as a, a leader for our group, and uh, Tempest seems pretty cool. Sassy, but cool. <laughs> yeah. You can tell that Tempest is, uh, is new to the adventuring life. Yeah. I think she's I think she's doing pretty good with it, though. I'm sure she'll do all right. She's got you guys to keep her keep her on the right path. At this point, Kenina's joined in with the drunk drinking songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, and al- almost seemingly following you at this point, Lydia makes her way over to where Tempest is uh, going into a sea shanty. And Lydia just goes... I don't know the words to this song, but Tempest, how are you? <laughs> I don't think Tempest would even stop singing. She just, like, put an arm around <laughs> Lydia's shoulders, mug up in the air, so she's still singing, swaying, and give Lydia a big ol' hug. Lydia starts kind of swaying with you and rocking with you, and she clinks her, her mug up against yours and takes a big swig out of it. Well, I came over to ask how you're doing, but it seems like you're in the middle of stuff and having a great time. Like at this point, if she stops singing, she's going to lose her spot in the song because she is drunk. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'll talk to you later when you when you're ready to to mellow out a little bit. And she drains her mug. <laughs> Not really getting anywhere with Tempest uh, after a song or two of singing along. Well, not really singing along. She doesn't know many sea shanties. But after going through the motions with Tempest for a little while, Lydia finds her, her way over to Ram. At this point, she has uh, she has two fresh mugs, one for her, and she 
kind of slides one across the table at, at Rem as she approaches the table and she walks around the side of it to, to meet up next to him. You know, I've always known you to be kind of quiet and grumpy. Even during celebrations, huh? No. I don't believe this is my celebration. I think it's theirs. Theirs who? Your friends or the village? Both. Why isn't it yours? Didn't you uh, help out too? I used some remaining knowledge I have to give them an advantage, but doesn't mean that I deserve this. None of them died under your command. Thankfully, mostly probably to their own actions, not mine. I mean, I... I I, I talked to, to people of the village. I've, I've talked to Amalo. I know that while the rest of them have been off doing their own things, you were staying up and studying your maps. I think you sell yourself too short. Well, if you're going to be involved in a fight, you always try to make sure that you have the unfair advantage on your side. Yeah, and it seems like you're the one that, that does that for your own team. But you don't seem to see yourself to be a part of them. I, I believe that uh, one's worth is discovered by one's actions. And uh, what about your actions hold you back, Rem? Uh, I just have my own my own actions that I answer for uh, sounds like uh, sounds like someone with a bit of a dark past huh yeah we all have a past sounds like yours haunts you though perhaps enough that the actions of today the actions of yesterday don't seem to be outweighing the actions of last year. I have more to answer for than the others. Well, does this feel like a step in the right direction? Uh, it's a step. I don't know about the direction. Well, it's not my place to tell you what you gotta believe. But I can tell you what I believe. And I believe you've done a good thing here. And I can't tell you that you gotta be happy for it. But I can tell you that you got something to be proud of. And you got people that look up to you. And they respect you. Well, I don't know if they should do that, but... But they do anyways. Hopefully I can teach them better than, they, than I was taught. You know, they say that we learn the most from our greatest failures. <laughs> Maybe if it weren't for whatever haunts you, you wouldn't be the type of person that you are today. Maybe the people that said that never failed in, in a way that they don't think that they could have. We talk in riddles sometimes. Oh, we've all seen different things in this world. I, you know, Rem, I hope that one day, whatever haunts you will be a thing of your past, 
instead of a thingy you're present. Hmm. That would be a day. That one's for you. She gestures at the mug in front of you. I'm going to take it and start to sip from it, having finished his first. See, what's interesting is I was planning on having Lydia's rounds be the end of things. But you don't want to end on that? But I don't want to end on that. (laughs) So I think the best way to handle that is uh, just kind of fading out the night. Um, Let me go around. How late um, would you imagine that you're up partying? How how does the night go for you? What what's kind of your parting thought as you get ready to retire for the night? Uh, I don't think Ariel actually stays up very late because she kind of wants to hang out and have fun with the other girls, but she feels the responsibility of the spear, so. She probably is just going to finish her one glass of mead, eat some of her dinner, and then go back to the room and uh, like place it under the bed with her stuff and get out and journal about just Grimfang and everything that happened that day. And then go to sleep thinking about the horses and what we should name the second one. (laughs) I suppose Kinina, I think she probably uh, is able to observe a little bit more than she lets on. She probably noticed that Ariel and Rem were both very, uh, very subdued throughout the night. Not as loud and happy as she was hoping they'd be after we got home, after successfully defeating this, this like uh, big foe in battle. It's like she had some fun with Tempest, but uh, Tempest is still fairly new for, to the group as well, so. In a sense, she's almost feeling a little lonely as she's kind of wrapping up for the night. I imagine she'd probably stay out a little bit later than everybody else, and she'd probably wind up trying to help Amalo clean up, that kind of thing. But as she's packing up for bed and whatnot, she's probably missing Nixie a bit, in all honesty. She remembers her drunken night out with her and how much fun they had, even if they got in trouble the next day. And she's she's just hoping that she can form closer bonds with her her comrades and hopes that they'll open up to her a little bit more about their their concerns and hopes that she can be seen as a trusted comrade that they can confide in. I mean, Rim obviously has been watching everybody and he's, he's not drinking heavily as Tempest apparently would like. He's probably drinking heavier than he has in a long time. He's got memories of things that you guys don't know that's very similar to this night, so... He is kind of lost in thought of both the past as Lydia saw and his own future. He's probably going to, you know, like he'll sit there and he'll drink and he'll converse if people come over and talk to him. Again, not the most talkative of person, but if asked about what happened, he would probably recount it fairly simply. Less less boisterous than Nina would, but he'll watch Tempest, you know, lead her drunken singing. And he'll... uh Look to Ariel and, you know, watch her as well. Make sure that each of his, you know, compatriots is enjoying themselves, per se. Maintains kind of his own vigil. So Tempest would stay up far too late, considering we're trying to leave in the morning, um, and drink 
far too much because it's been a while. Uh, you know, their incentive of getting her off the boat was a taste of adventure. And it was really intimidating. While she seemed really gung-ho, it was nerve-wracking to go in and being told, we may not come out of this. But we kicked Grimfang's ass and we all came out of it alive and pretty much unscathed other than, you know, a couple good hits. But she didn't get touched at all. So once she's got a few drinks in her, she's feeling great about it. And it's like, if this is what adventure is like, you know, what's coming up next? She's going to start trying to brainstorm names for the group drunkenly. So they're all absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> One last thing as, as the party dies down, Rim's going to kind of go over and, and find Ariel. She's in the room. He'll knock on the door and then he'll, you know, lean in and be like, you still awake? Undressed, but yes. That's not uncommon. <laughs> I uh I wanted to talk to you about about the fight. Oh, yeah? You uh you took more hits than many of us and that that uh that worried me a little. Yeah, it was probably my fault for not staying back. Well, you'll find that um in this world there's uh there's no such thing as as a perfect plan. Um, so when entering a fight, it's best to make sure that you, uh, you'll overpower your opponent in every way possible. Okay. So, uh, I noticed that you're a little lacking in your defenses. She looks like kind of (laughs) defeated. And he'll reach down and pull the, the staff that he found out and he'll hold it out to you and be like, this should help. Be very careful with it. Okay. And then he'll just hand it to you and turn around and leave. Thanks. The door closes. Uh, so I guess Ariel's gonna look at it and then set it next to her other one and get back in bed. Because he didn't tell her anything about it, so she has no idea. As the whole party each individually throughout the night retires to their beds and falls asleep. We're going to go ahead and end the episode. And this will wrap up um, Adventures in Aurelia's Aurelian Epic Arc 2. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Adventures in Aurelia. If you are liking what you hear, consider rating the show and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. If you know someone who likes fantasy stories and think they might like the show, help them find us by showing them adventuresinarelia.com, where they can listen to episodes, read our blog, and find links to subscribe to the show. We are also available in your favorite podcast apps. If you'd like to support the show, you can donate to us monthly on Patreon at patreon.com slash adventuresinarelia. $1 a month gets you access to all of our bonus content and helps us raise the funds needed to improve the show. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can send an email to feedback at adventuresinarelia.com or you can join our Discord server over at adventuresinarelia.com slash discord. We'd love to hear from you.
Lastly, we'd like to thank the artists who allow us to use their music in our show. Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, Tabletop Audio, Windswept, Alexander Nakarada from Serpent Sound Studios, Adrian Von Ziegler, Scott Buckley, Michael Gelfi, and Alec Wiesner. You can find links to all of these wonderful artists at adventuresinarelia.com slash music. How's level five sound, guys? Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! Wait, wait, wait. delightful. Are we actually there? You're level four now, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you guys are now level five. So level Yay! six, right? Fireball, 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 fireball. <laughs> when you guys wake up and as we get into the next arc, you will be level five. All right. Not a right. second.